Hi, this is Jimmy Bratcher. You're listening to Steve Webb and the Life Spring Podcast. Number 71. Hey, how's it going? Uh-huh, I'm feeling good. How's about you? Let's go. Well, welcome. Welcome to LifeSpring. I'm Steve Webb, and I'm your host. Hey, got a question for you. You got a tattoo? You want one? I'm going to answer a, question, a listener's question today about whether or not a Christian ought to get inked. My answer just might surprise you. Are you finding life to be kind of tough to face sometimes? Well, we're going to take a quick look at a promise that Jesus made today. Here's a hint. It's all good. Hey, please keep in mind that all the contact info for this show is at the end of the show today. Oh, hey, one more thing. Did I mention music? Music. We got music. Let me let me let me play something good for you right now. Found this over at GarageBand.
That's pretty cool, huh? guy's name is Tools. He's been producing records for over 30 years. He's worked with uh, John Martin, Mavis Staples, Rick Danko, uh, Richie Havens, Steve Goodman, John Prine, David Bromberg, Dave Mason, Sonia Dada, Los Lonely Boys, Phil Roy, Bill Miller, Dorothy Scott, etc. Uh, he's uh, currently working with some young new artists such as Liz Longley, Nico, and Courtney Jones. He decided to throw his own song demos up at GarageBand just to see what would happen. And, uh, boy, I like his like his stuff. That's GarageBand.com. And the guy's name is Tools. Well, to start off the Ask Steve segment today, I think I'm going to read you a quote from a guy by the name of Albert Hubbard. He was a politician uh, from 1856 to 1915 is when he was around on this planet Earth. And he said, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Well, of course, on the Lifespring podcast, I can't say nothing. And uh, I'm therefore expecting that I'm going to get some criticism today. Uh, because of my response to this question. Uh, Stan, listener says, Hi, Steve. I'm a regular listener of the show and do enjoy it very much. I think your show is very important because of the message it gives people. He says, I would like to know whether getting a tattoo is against the word of God because I'm thinking of getting one, a Christian symbol or a verse. But I've heard from some people that it is against God's word. Please let me know if it really is against God's wishes. All right. Whatever answer I give, Stan, I'm going to make somebody unhappy. That's just the way it is. And I, therefore, am only going to give you what I've learned from the the study that I've done. I've been studying this for a while, and I think I'm prepared to give an answer, but it's not an answer that everybody is going to like. So let's get started. Leviticus 19.28 says... Leviticus is in the Old Testament, and it says, Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. All right, well, that sounds pretty cut and dry, doesn't it? It says it right there. Don't cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. And then it's punctuated with, I am the Lord. All right, well, let's take a look at the context. What's going on here? Well, what was going on is Moses was being given the law by God. And God told Moses to take this to the uh, Hebrews and give them the word on many different things, not just this. This is a whole long section of what they call Mosaic law. So, does this... Uh, apply to today? That's really the big question. Well, you, you have to be really careful about trying to use Old Testament passages as um, proof texts for what we should or should not do today in the age of the New Testament or what they call the age of grace. Under the Old Testament, that was like the law, and now we are under grace. Okay? We have to understand that. Uh, the, the death of Jesus brought a fundamental change in the way we uh, interact with the Old Testament law. To put it bluntly, the law of Moses is not the Christian's standard 
by which we measure our conduct today. You say, well, how do you know that's true? Well, in this very same chapter of Leviticus, there are things that are said like, you can't eat from a fruit tree until four years after you plant the tree. You can't eat from the fruit of that tree for the first three years. Well, we don't practice that today. Another thing is it said that you can't wear uh, a garment with two different fabrics in it. As an example, wool and linen. We don't follow that today. Um, The sowing of two types of seeds in the same field is prohibited in that same chapter. We don't follow that today. So why should we focus on just one of the laws in that chapter of the Bible and not the others. It even tells, tells you that um, you can't shave the sides of your head or, or trim your beard a certain way. Well, obviously, we don't follow that either. So does that mean that the whole book of Leviticus or even the whole Bible should be followed? Well, of course not. It just means that we need to carefully analyze what the theme of the Bible is and realize what it means for us today. All right. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we do have to take things in its context and compare it with the rest of what the Bible says. One of the things we have to consider is that the book of Leviticus contained lots of different laws that were made to keep the children of Israel healthy and holy for God. And that is a very important aspect of this chapter of Leviticus, the holiness issue. Moses was being told by God that the children of Israel, the Hebrews, were to be holy, separated from. That's what holy means, separated for the purpose of God, okay, from the people in in the land that they were moving to. They were not to to take on the cultural um, behaviors of the Canaanites. That's the name of the people that were living in that area. They were not to be the same. They were to be separate. They were to be holy, And that's what was happening. The Canaanites would cut their bodies and would take tattoos um, as part of uh, the pagan practices. God says, no, I don't want you being like the pagans. Okay. And considering the health aspect, by the way, tattoos back then were very dangerous because of the the risk of infection. Obviously, they didn't uh, know about sterile conditions like we do today. But check this out. Even today, there are some tattoo places that don't practice sterile, um, um, they they don't do things in a sterile manner. And even today, you can get hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, tetanus, other blood-borne diseases. You can get diseases if you're not careful about where you go. So the, the health thing is still today an issue. So you have to take that into consideration, okay? It's very important. All right, one thing I learned is the New Testament does not address the issue of tattooing specifically. So we have to be guided by principle. Any practice that is vulgar, is gaudy, or is a distraction to your Christian influence should be avoided. Okay? Now that is, to some extent, a matter of taste and judgment. But I have to tell you, in some circles, having a tattoo, especially a visible tattoo, will cause people to look at you askance or they'll tend to discount you as a rebel or somebody of um, you know, no worth. Some people still think of people that way. Um, it's harder to get a job in some circles 
if you have a visible tattoo. You don't see very many bankers. You don't see very many uh, you know, people of, of, of uh, high regard. You don't see many doctors or lawyers with visible tattoos. You say, well, Steve, I'm not going to be one of those. If you're young, you don't know where God is going to want to take you in future years. So you have to take that into consideration. Now, my belief is that I have no right to tell you to get a tattoo or not to get a tattoo. The Bible is just not cut and dried, especially when it comes to New Testament, which is we are living under the New Testament. Now, again, I'm not saying throw out the Old Testament completely, but you have to take you have to take things in context. You have to use your judgment. As an example, I can't tell women whether or not to wear makeup or about permanent eyeliner. I can't tell men or women whether they should adorn themselves with jewelry. I wear a wedding ring. I wear a watch. There's some places in the Bible that say not to adorn yourself. Well, when it was talking about that, it was talking about pagan practices at the time, uh, practices that that uh, brought attention to you know, the worship of other gods and things like that. Okay, now just because we are under the New Testament does not give us license to do whatever we please, however. We are still responsible for our behavior and how it affects our spiritual lives and the lives of those around us. It, it doesn't seem fair, but what I do, if it causes someone else to have a problem spiritually, then I need to refrain from doing it. Here's an example. In Romans chapter 14 from the New Testament, it says, Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. You see, they were having a dispute as to whether or not it was right to eat meat that had been a sacrifice to idols. That's something we don't even consider today. No big deal. We don't. That's not something we do. But that was a big issue back then. And Paul said, look, if it causes someone else to stumble, then we shouldn't do it. So if that tattoo causes someone else to stumble, then what do you think? You have to employ sound judgment in these matters. Okay? Now, it is your Christian right to do it, but has to be done with wisdom. Now, in terms of how to make a wise decision, there's a lot of different things to consider. So uh, some people say it can help me to be a, a witness. If I put a, a cross on my arm or a you know picture of Jesus or whatever, it can be a witness. It's going to make people know that I'm a Christian or it's going to start conversations. Well, you don't really need that to let people know that you're a believer Everybody that knows me knows that I'm a believer and I don't have a tattoo. I don't wear uh, jewelry. I don't even wear a cross. But people know that I'm a believer because of the things that I say, because of the, the way that I live, the things that I do and things that I don't do. They just know that Steve is a Christian. I don't need the, I don't need the ink to show that. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, if I don't like it or if I change my mind, I can always have it removed. Well, listen. Even the American Academy of Dermatology on their website says this. Listen, 
While side effects of laser treatment are generally minimal, they can include scarring, loss of natural skin pigmentation, and residual tattoo pigment. Uh, a doctor says anyone considering having a tattoo removed by laser surgery needs to be aware that it can be painful, timely, and costly. That was a, a dermatologist that said that. So, taking it off is not an easy thing. It's not quick and it's not cheap and it doesn't always all come out. It's not going to leave your skin like it was before you had the tattoo. So you have to consider that uh, in one way or another that tattoo is going to be permanent. Even if you get it taken off later on, there's going to be a mark left of some kind and it is extremely expensive. Thousands and thousands of dollars for a large tattoo. So that's laser. Other ways to take it off, they do a thing called dermabrasion. It's like they, they sand it off with, with a, a, a sanding tool. That doesn't feel too good. It's painful. Uh, they can sometimes cut them out. Sometimes if it's a large tattoo, when they cut it out, they have to actually do a skin graft where they take a piece of skin from somewhere else on your body and put it in the spot. You think that doesn't leave a scar? You think that doesn't hurt? Well, of course it leaves a scar and of course it hurts. It's not easy to undo it. So, if you're still thinking about doing it, there are some things to do before getting a tattoo. Here's, here's a few things. I've got eight things to do before getting a tattoo. Number one, discuss getting the tattoo with people that you care about, people that you respect, people that you love. If you're a young person, talk to your parents about it. Uh, write down the reasons you want to get the tattoo and discuss those reasons respectfully with your parents. If you're still living in your parents' home and they don't want you to do it, it is a sin to get a tattoo because the Bible says to respect your mother and father. If you're living in their house, you have to abide by their rules. That's just fair. That's the way it is. It may not be fair, but it's the way it is. It's what God calls us to do. And if you go against that, then yes, it's a sin. Just That's easy to say. Yes, it's a sin. But if you're living on your own, if you're an adult, if you're a grown-up, making your own decisions, responsible for yourself, then it's just something that, from wisdom, you should talk with people that you care about. Talk to your pastor about it. Talk, if you're married, obviously you should talk to your husband or your wife. Uh, that should go without saying. And then don't just go by what I've said about the Bible, uh, what the Bible says about tattoos. You research the Bible yourself and see what the Bible has to say. See if I'm uh, uh, giving it to you straight. I think I am. But you do your own research and also uh, consider what your own um, church or denomination says about tattoos. Um, if you're going to be a part of a, a particular church or denomination, then um, you should agree with what that denomination or that church uh, teaches. That's all part of the respect. You see, some people get, a, uh, get tattoos out of rebellion. And obviously, rebellion is something that we should have no part in. So if you're getting the tattoo because of a rebellious move on your, on your part, then it is wrong. Christians are not to be rebellious. So think about that too. Think about your motives. Why are you getting it? Why are you getting the tattoo? Are you doing it because everyone else is doing it? Or you want to fit in? You want to impress others because it's the cool thing to do now? Well, what if a few years down the road it's not cool anymore? I think the, the worst reason to get a tattoo is just because everybody else is doing it or because it's cool. 
think very carefully about your, your reasons. And that's number three there. Number four, take a time, take the time to make a list of the pros and cons on one, you know, take a piece of paper out, make a column on one side, um, the reasons for, and on the other side, the reasons against put a, put every reason down that you can think of and consider that. Consider the, I think I've already mentioned this before, but the impact in the job market. How is that tattoo going to be received in the industry that you want to work in? Whether it's a profession or a religious calling or any other kind of job, how's that going to be received? Think about the design of the tattoo. Obviously, you don't, you're not going to want to get uh, tattoos of naked people or skulls or something, you know, like that. Swastikas, demons. Obviously, that is not going to help your witness with others. Um, now, Christian symbols might possibly increase your opportunity to witness. But like I said before, you don't need that in order to witness. Neutral signs such as animals and flowers can be, a, you know, something something to consider. But that's just something to think about. Remember, this is going to be on your body forever. So consider the design very carefully. Another thing to consider is where on your body it's going to be. Think about whether it is concealable under clothes or not. And how that's going to, going to affect what other people see and what they're going to think of you. Timing. Here's another thing. This is number seven. It's important to wait after you've made a decision to get your tattoo at least six months. You say, why, Steve? Why should I do that? Well, because you want to be sure after you've made your decision that you can actually live with that decision and that something isn't going to come along that's going to say, hey, I never thought of that. Think about it. Live with it. Don't just sleep on it overnight. And then if you're still living at home and they've asked you not to, then the timing is important because you can't be in their house and honor them and still get the tattoo if they've asked you not to. Another thing, number eight. To, to consider, to do. Consider that tattoo parlor that you're thinking about going to. Be sure that they practice sterile methods in every way. Even the ink that they use should be brand new, never opened. Be sure that that uh, machine that they use is sterilized. Okay? Very, very important. I read on uh, some websites today, and more than one, that more than half of the people that get tattoos regret it in the first five years, within the first five years of getting that, to, that tattoo. Man, that's a high statistic. And you can be sure that almost 100% of those people thought that this was the greatest thing, you know, and, and that this is what they really wanted to do. So those are some things to consider. And one last scripture that I want to share with you is 1 Corinthians 6.19 from the New Testament. It says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. See, a lot of people say, it's my own body. I can do with it what I want. No, if you're a believer, that body does not belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. 
So be sure that whatever you do with your body is honoring to him. Okay? So I hope that has helped you a little bit. I I didn't give you a cut and dried answer, did I? It's one that you're going to have to carefully consider. You're going to have to pray about. You're going to have to talk to other people about it. And be sure that whatever decision you make is one that you can live with for the rest of your life. Because in one way or another, that tattoo is permanent. Even if you have it removed, it's going to leave a mark. Coming up, I'm going to talk to you about a promise that Jesus made about, uh, well, you know, sometimes life is really difficult to to, uh, face, and Jesus made a promise. We're going to talk about that, but before we do, I'm going to play a song for you called Monkey Symbols. You know those wind-up monkeys that have the symbols and they, you know, uh, crash them together, ching, 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 ching? That's what uh, Robert Wade is talking about in this song called Monkey Symbols. Thoughts are running through my mind Crazy people are playing with my life Days keep giving me a different kind of Crazy ways to view this normal life life. It's crazy how the sun will rise Different places at different times How a clown makes a child cry Tears fall in the happy times Rain sounds like clapping hands And stomping feet on different lands Monkey symbols seem to keep the time And it's crazy these thoughts Running through my mind Na-na-na-na-na-na-na Na-na-na-na-na-na Na-na-na-na-na-na-na
Boy, he's uh, really talking about an unpleasant way to live, isn't he? All kinds of chaos and, and pain. Well, here's the promise from Jesus. This is from the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People have the idea that being a Christian is you know, is all about keeping rules and you know doing certain things and not doing other things and you know really having to toe the line and that's not what Jesus is saying here. He said, "I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest with me." That's a promise from Jesus right out of His own lips. It's not difficult to be a Christian. There's not a lot of rules. It's about a relationship with him. And it's an easy, wonderful, freeing relationship. And I encourage you, I encourage you, I implore you to pursue a relationship with him if you don't have it. All right, real quick here. Back in 1905, that's 101 years ago, this is, these are some of the things that were going on back then. The average life expectancy in the United States was 47 years. Hmm, I'm 51. Only 8% of the homes had a telephone. A three-minute call from Denver to New York City cost $11. There were only 8,000 cars in the U.S. and only 144 miles of paved roads. The maximum speed limit in most cities was 10 miles per hour. The tallest structure in the world was the Eiffel Tower. Let's see, the average U.S. worker made between $200 and $400 per year. The average wage uh, was 22 cents an hour. (laughs) This one's terrible. Most women only washed their hair once a month and used borax or egg yolks for shampoo. Egg yolks for shampoo. The population of Las Vegas, Nevada was 30. Marijuana, heroin, and morphine were all available over-the-counter at local corner drugstores. Back then, pharmacists said, heroin clears the complexion, gives buoyancy to the mind, regulates the stomach and bowels, and is, in fact, a perfect guardian for health. This is why I don't listen too much to the health experts today, I have to tell you. And I'm recording this in my own home right here in Southern California. Within a few minutes, it is possible that this podcast will be heard around the world. So try to imagine what it's going to be like in another 100 years. It staggers the mind, doesn't it? All right, so I hope you've gotten something useful from listening to the LifeSpring podcast today. Let me know. Give, give me an email. Give me some comments. Give me some feedback. Send them to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Or you can call the phone line 206-350-CALL. That'll drop an MP3 right into my email. Hey, let me ask you to pray for somebody, would you? Um, there's a couple of podcasters called Steve and Don. They're at stevendon.com. Neat couple. They live up in uh, Northern California in the High Sierra. And uh, Steve is really having some health problems. 
pretty severe, as a matter of fact. And if, if you would, please uh, pray for Steve of stephendon.com. You can uh, drop by their website and take a look. Um, they put uh, updates there on what's going on with his health. But uh, I would really appreciate it if you would do that, would you? Show notes are at lifespringpodcast.com. You'll find links there to uh, the music that I played today. Um, there's uh, links there to my Frapper map, to my Flipper, <laughs> Flipper, my Flickr page, MySpace page. Uh, at um, the show notes page, you'll also find some one-click subscription buttons and other fun stuff. Also, you send me your suggestions for more Ask Steve segments if you're enjoying this. If you have any kind of a question when it comes to things like that, send it to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Remember that Jesus said, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. Come on back next week and hear more about that. I'm Steve Webb and I'm your host. I'll see you next time.